Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. <laughs> Hello and welcome to our podcast. Nice. I like the what I like. What is it all for? Listen, well, you know, you am, normally are the yeah, first yeah, voice yeah. they Bring hear, it. and that's not appropriate. Bring it. Um, I have a poll for everybody. I'm not. Go ahead. Maybe I'll remember to put this in Spotify. Doubt we'll see. It. For Spotify users, you like if you listen to this in the app, you'll get like the little poll pop up I'm for so everybody else. I'm so afraid this of what this poll is going to be. This is just a, if you want to email us with the answer, you can. Um, you don't have to be afraid. This is a non, non-fearful non poll. Go ahead. If you have your own podcast, what percentage of every episode do you listen to? I can tell you guys listening to this, you all, I know the answer for our podcast with Caroline. What? Zero percent. That's not true. Sometimes I listen to the beginning. Okay. I do. Let me let me ask you this. What's up? We've recorded 179 episodes of our podcast. 177 many? episodes. That would just call them an hour each. But 177 like I was there. hours. I I know. I know. This is it's not to judge you. It's oh. just a question. Okay, but out of the 177 hours yeah. of podcast content we've created, yeah. what total time do you think you've listened to? 2 hours. You think you've listened to a full 2 hours? Yeah. Because I've listened to a full episode before. Oh, wow. So you got one full episode, which is probably the one where I interviewed Sometimes you. Sometimes, can I <laughs> be honest, the only, one, the only the reason I like listening back um, is just the jokes. Because I laugh. Because like, that's how cheesy I am. Is like that, our own jokes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I live with you full time and you make me laugh all the time. Yeah. So then I listen to it recorded and you still make me laugh. And <laughs> well, what about like, you? Wow. Are you laughing at yourself too? Like oh, your, your for quips? sure. Right. So that I'm was like so a, funny. that was like a circular way of saying you just wanted to hear your own jokes. No, I like your jokes probably better. Mm. <laughs> 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 uh, mm. Can't. Can't. Can't say that was the truth. So anyway, the poll here was, for those of you who have a podcast. Do you listen to your podcast? How much of it do, do you, you listen to? Or do you actually hate the sound? Of, I used to hate the sound of my own voice. Yeah. I can handle it now. And remember when I went through that phase like about three months ago where I was like really self-conscious about my vocal fry? And right, like, right, right, right. Don't, don't bring get, it up. Don't bring I it up. don't care we don't anymore. Say that. We don't say that we're in this house. I don't care anymore. Fantastic. Uh, let's go ahead and get into the episode because we are excited and we want to bring that excitement we're to this so topic. We're so excited. And as a reminder to everyone, if you've not been listening to the previous couple episodes and this is just the one that you bopped into. Just you bopped right on in. We're two people who run two businesses. We have an onboarding coaching program, which you already heard our ad read about. Thanks Girl. so much for those guys <laughs> did an okay job supporting the pod we also have our online course platform and what we've been talking about the past three episodes is we kind of created this new content series that will be a lead up to our upcoming enrollment of our coaching program but we haven't created like a big project that's outward facing marketing in quite a while Qu quite a while so we've been kind of going through what that's been like and what that project is is 26 videos on YouTube, articles on our website. New articles. Brought together in one kind of content package, which is called Drumroll. This is the first time we're <laughs> announcing the name of it, although you might already know if you're on our email list, you've been to our website. I faded it out. Yeah, go ahead, do it again. <laughs> nice, really good. Okay. The project name is? It's the Calm Business Encyclopedia. We've been nice. dropping hints left and right. You've, yeah, been, yeah. you've been going, why 26 articles? That's, That's such a specific number. And some of you keen-eared listeners... 
figured 26 hmm, letters of the alphabet. But, but then there are also some keen eared listeners who are like, 26, that's interesting. Maybe it's the alphabet. However, back in the 1800s, there was a 27th letter of the alphabet. Which was but the they ampersand. Got, but they got rid of it. So, that, you know, I don't know if it's about the alphabet because that would be the true original alphabet. You know, there are some people out there who know so. these things. So what is the Calm Business Encyclopedia, Jason? Let them know. We've been alluding to this content blitz, but we haven't really told you the overarching concept. So you just lay it on them. Yeah. So this is what we have kind of, over the past five years, really been honing our own kind of content ethos, if you will. And sure. so what we have tried to create here is an A to Z system to help you create an online business that is predictable, profitable, and most importantly, peaceful. Exactly. So there is a ton of online business content out in the world. And we know this, like how to build an audience. You could probably find 50 videos right now on YouTube that all kind of say the same thing over and over. But the one twist on all of it is none of it's really about like keeping it calm, like just keeping yeah. your, your, your business at a pace that feels good and doesn't feel like, okay, for the next 30 days, grind. you got to get a hundred thousand subscribers on your YouTube channel. It's like, no, you don't have to do that. There yeah. are other ways. The Calm Business Encyclopedia is kind of our answer to the hyper growth focused business advice out there. So if you are a person who wants an online business that helps you earn money doing something that you love, but also gives you the freedom and kind of peace to run it in your own terms, this is for you. And actually, as of uh, this episode being out, there are, I think, four volumes out already. Yeah, there will be there will be four volumes. So the way we're doing this is we're releasing one every day, starting September 18th to October 14th. Uh, so it's kind of funny because today, as of recording, this is the day that we announced it. And it, it almost feels kind of weird because it's like there's only one video and one right. article up. So it's like, go check all of this thing. We've spent five weeks building and so much time. And there's like all of last week was like a thousand hours put into this. But like there's just one thing to see. It's a slow build. Jay. It's a slow build. But so, I, I'm really actually excited because I was writing this to our WAME community. Like I can't wait until the 26th one is up. Because then I think it will feel just like, uh, it's pun the intended, set. it's the rich library it's the of content set. where you can go back and it's, they're, you know, four to eight minute long videos. Mm -hmm. And we tried to be very quick and condense with the knowledge because we've now talked about all these things many different ways, many times over. But this was really our chance with the Calm Business Encyclopedia to like condense everything down into like a very digestible group of information. Yes. And boy, if you have listened to the podcast the past few weeks, you will know we went on a journey to get to, to yeah. land on sort of like a a format that we felt like was not based on anyone else's blueprint, but our own. So after you listen to this episode, if you do want to go check it out, you can head to wanderingaimfully.com slash calm. That's yeah. where you'll see the couple of volumes that are um, already up. And you'll also see a link there to our YouTube channel if you wanted to watch the videos there as well. So that's yeah. where it all lives, wanderingamefully.com slash calm. Yeah. But now let's just dig into kind of how we feel. We're again, you're listening to this where there's a few volumes out, but we're recording this. Only one's available right now. Only one is available right now. We really wanted to record this episode. Normally we record about a week and a half before, but we really wanted to record this episode real time for you all so that we could capture that energy of how does it feel when it's the day that something is live yeah. when you put it out into the world. Well, I think a big part of this, anybody who's ever created something like this, where you've poured weeks of effort into it, mm -hmm. all you can see are the faults. Right. So it's You're so like, hard to look at Where you fell short, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, if I can just have you all pay attention to two emojis, I would like to do an analogy via emojis. Excellent. 
what you how you want to look at your project is the star eyes. eyes. No, star the star eyes. eyes. Star eyes. It's just like, woo, look at this. Look at this. Boom, we're going wow. here. But how you're actually looking at it is, is it? like the 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 sideways eyes, the sideways mouth. It's expressionless is oh. the, like the actual emoji. We're just like, you I, know, I like that's you how gonna... I feel about it because I'm like, oh, there's just I know there's so many things we wanted to do yeah. or that we are going to do, yeah. and so I'm just like, that's kind of how I see it. <laughs> okay, my two emojis yeah. are okay. I get star eyes. Mine, but how I actually feel is uh, the swirly eyes. I was going to say swirly. That was the other the one. The swirly eyes where it's like, I feel hypnotized. That's how you want to feel? Or that's no, no, no. How that's you, how yeah. I feel. And then, but then also when I, when I get to that place of swirly eyes where I'm like, ah, I'm just, it's all a mixture. Then I just go, Bleh. and it's the <laughs> winky face with, with the, the tongue, tongue sticking out. out just yeah. like, that's yeah. fine. Like I, the main feeling that I feel right now is I feel relief at being able to have at least brought this vision to life in the way because it was a lot of work like you know it's not just the the making of the videos it's the coming up with the concept of the videos it's the coming up with the concept of the whole thing it's the creating the landing page we also just whipped up a new lead magnet which is yeah. a quiz which maybe we'll talk about later so it was a lot of work but I will say yeah. after a full year our whole goal this year with our businesses was to really pour back into them. So we've done so much this year on the inside of our businesses of, you know, a lot of the projects we've done are things that are for our members only redoing the dashboard, creating an affiliate hub, like really, you know, pouring into the coaching sessions, like so much internal stuff, same with tea tree, all these new features. And my main feeling is just so much excitement at now being able to apply all of that into an external facing thing yeah I, I really like we've talked about this in the previous podcast episodes three three reasons why we created the calm business encyclopedia right one the short term is leading up to this next enrollment period for wandering mp unlimited having like a, a marketing thing that like gets people excited so that's number one number two is having just some long long tail content that might be able to be searchable mm -hmm. on youtube or on google and number three is when someone lands at wanderingamefully.com, once this is done, we want this to kind of be the core focus and thing that you go to. So almost like a start here page, if you will, exactly. type of thing. And so I'm so excited. Like I'm going to have like triple star eyes when we get to the, all the volumes are up. Yep. Everything has been polished. We found all the little bugs and tweaks and things, and we fixed all the stuff. And we can just kind of like present this on a platter and just go, this is ready for the internet, essentially. This is where you should go to learn about what we teach and yeah. what we care about, for sure. And yeah, it just, it makes me feel proud of us for doing a project. And also, honestly, it just, a, a big reason for wrapping it up in this like encyclopedia container, because it's silly, right? Like, why, why did it need to be that? It certainly didn't, but it was two reasons. It was number one, it was... A, just a marketing um, strategy to create a story around like you we could have just easily been like we're we're publishing 30 articles in 30 days and right? that's what originally at the beginning and the, of the and year originally that's yeah. that's the idea 30 articles in 30 days okay but like is there a bigger narrative that you can make it more compelling is there a concept is there a a creative wrapper that you can put around it that's what I love to do so you know, it's a little bit of, of sort of story building storytelling. But the other thing was we just went, okay, we know that in order to create a marketing bridge to our offer, this is something we teach and something that you will 
learn in the J volume of customer journey. Oh, very nice plug. But if you haven't heard about our marketing bridge concept, this is how we think about marketing, right? And so we know that in order to fuel our business, yes, we need to create some type of content, but we're always thinking of if we have, if we feel like that's necessary to fuel our business, how can we do it in a way that feels fun to us? Exactly. And the thing that makes us feel fun like the thing that we love the most in business is coming up with ideas and being creative. And so we sat down and brainstormed and said, okay, if the idea is 30 articles in 30 days, how does that become fun for us? And I think the other big part of this is we keep coming back to this, you know, discussion of how are we promoting Wandering Aimfully moving forward? Because we really don't want to use social media. We haven't been using it for two years now. And it has felt really good to not have that be in our daily, weekly, monthly quarterly, yearly content planning. Mm -hmm. But there is a reality to like what got us here won't get us there. Mm -hmm. And so all of the articles that we had at the beginning of Wandering Aimfully that brought in organic traffic from our previous two websites, they're starting to kind of dwindle. And they're also just not in alignment to where we are five years now totally. forward. So our, my hope is that this type of thing basically gives us like five more years of content life. And that's an assumption we can only test by putting it out there and then just watching and seeing what happens. Exactly. And you know, we talk about this so often on this podcast, but when it comes to marketing and when it comes to business, we always have an experimenter's mindset. And so you go with, you know, the tactic or the campaign or the idea that feels fun and the one that you feel like could do something, but you're going to wait to see if the yeah. data tells you that. And if not, then you can pivot. But, um, I want to change gears just a bit because I want to give people listening just a dose of reality, sure. which is a dose of our reality or a dose of their reality. Like you want to hit them with some hard truths or you want to share some of our hard truths. Oh, I want to share some of our hard truths, which is, you know, whenever we do a project like this and we, I think we even said it on this podcast. We were like, we knew when we were getting into yeah. this that there was going to come several points where we were going to feel overwhelmed or we were going to feel like it's a lot. And it's just because, you know, the way that we run our business, most of the time it's extremely flexible. It's extremely calm, but there are probably three to four times per year where we're doing a bigger project up against a deadline that we have created. Mm -hmm. And so there's some artificial stress there, right? And so yesterday, um, you know, it was one of those days where I have this long, well, we both do have this long list of things that need to happen in order for us to wake up this morning and have it viewable for us. Yeah. And, but I was reflecting on it last night. So anyway, the long and short of that is, yes, it was a busy day of work on a Sunday. That's not my favorite thing to do. Um, but we were telling our members this morning and our like members only vlog that, I think I've made peace with the fact that I'm just going to be the type of person who for the rest of my life, the day before a deadline, I'm going to be working. Yeah. There's just never going to be a moment where I can create an artificial pre-deadline because of the way that I hold myself to a high standard of quality. And that's okay. Like yeah. I'm finally to the place where I can just like stop wishing that I was a different version of myself and instead be like, okay, now my only, my goal is to like accept that about myself because deadlines help me, you know, prioritize and, and do the work that needs to be done. But now my goal is on top of that is how can I still retain balance within that framework? And so as I was reflecting on yesterday, which was a busy day for us, and, you know, we had a couple of tense conversations where I was, I was stressed and you were like, it's okay. Um, as I was reflecting, I realized though, okay, but my version of stress, the 2023 version of stress right. for me 
is so much lower than years before, right? And and I think it's really important for us to, when we recognize that moment of personal growth within ourselves, whether it's business related or just life related, we have to take a step back and like really have gratitude for that and have a appreciation for that and recognize how far we've come. Because I look back and I'm like, man, it's been a hectic five weeks, you know, because we've been working on this project for five weeks. And I'm like, okay, but hectic these days is still only working 30 hours a week, 30 hours a week and being able to still exercise and being able to still see but friends. It, and yeah, it is. It is different because it's just like, it's like everybody, um, kind of like changes to their routines and to their habits. And so, you know, five years ago we were working 60, 80 hour weeks and that felt stressful. But like nowadays we're working 30 hour a week and like that feels stressful because we're just not used to that. Like we exactly. you know, got adapted. Um, one phrase that came to my mind, let me see if I can say this correctly to see if it resonates with okay, you. Okay. would love that for you. Is I think the tension in a project comes when your expectation doesn't match the reality of your abilities. Totally. And I think this is something that if everybody maybe just acknowledged a little bit more, and we're guilty of this too, with every single project, you just have to acknowledge like, I'm not going to be able to work 10 hour days. I'm not going to be able to two hour days, like whatever it is for you. And also I'm not a CSS wizard. I'm not a designer, you know, whatever those things are. And right. I think for us, like what gets us in trouble is we, we actually do have a lot of abilities, but they're kind of scattered across the spectrum of like, I, my video lever is like all the way up. Like I can do all the video things we want. Your design lever is all the way up. We can do all the things, but, but like neither of us can do parts of those things well enough to help the other person. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's where we get into trouble, right? Is like, you have like this huge pile of design work that we've put on this project, mm -hmm. but you, you're not, it's not even you. It's like no human is able to do the amount of design that we wanted to do in like a week. Right. Right. And I think it's just like, and what happens is you, you start to get into something and you're like, but I know it could be better because I have the ability. Totally. But the reality is like, I'm expecting more from what like I actually have right. the ability to it's, do. Do I have the ability is one question. Do I have the ability the time, yeah. the energy, like th that's a different yeah. question, you yeah. know? And yeah, I think we've mentioned it before, probably in a couple of weeks past about Ira Glass's The Gap. Yeah. But that's just, it, that's the creator's dilemma that will happen for till the end of time, which is you have an idea in your head and you have a taste level and then you have what you can execute yeah. realistically. Mm -hmm. And so don't be surprised when those two things aren't exactly going to meet every time. And that's okay. Like I honestly, uh, even despite some of the more stressful moments of, oh, that didn't turn out the way I wanted to or whatever, something that has brought me a lot of joy throughout this project is it, and that was part of our, I think, reason in doing it was it reminded me of some of the earlier years of Wayne or yeah. even the earlier years of, you know, Jason Does Stuff and Made Vibrant, which were our individual personal brands before Wandering Aimfully that sort of scrappy creator's mindset. It's been a long time since we've like really been able to create something like that. And, you know, candidly, we've had conversations about potentially trying to get back to that maybe mm -hmm. next year and doing more things like this. Why to put ourselves <laughs> through this? I don't know. And it's because we love it. We love, we are creatives at heart and we love having a vision and having an idea and trying to execute on it. Even if it means you're always going to come up against that gap yeah, every I, time. I think about the, like, uh, the visual spectrum of a project. And yeah. so like you have this horizontal line of like the project and then you have, 
uh, like your happiness is like how high up you kind of drag the dot on the spectrum. So it's like at the beginning of a project, I think for us is like absolute peak happiness is when we're in the ideation, mm -hmm. the planning, just ideas, we're throwing spaghetti at the wall. And it's like, oh, this is so much fun. And like, that is like as high as the happiness will ever be. And then we start to get into like the planning, the process and like the happiness kind of comes down. Then you get into the doing of the project and like the happiness dips below the project. And it's like at a valley of like just torture, right? And not, it's not that bad, but then you get to like the, the like, ooh, the project's about to launch and you come back up and then like you're at the launch and like it's even up, but then, and that's what I think for this project is like, you're gonna get to the October 14th. And I think our happiness level is gonna be all the way near back where it was when we started this project. And I think that's the thing we have to remember when we're thinking about doing things like this in the future is it's almost always going to have this trough in the middle this dip, as everyone talks about in any part of work, especially Seth Godin's book, The Dip, um, is that like, that's just a natural part of this. And so as long as we uh, understand that and kind of know it's coming, then we can be okay with it. Exactly. I was just trying to go back and find, don't you remember, um, either in our first newsletter or second newsletter, I shared that... Um, image from Austin Kleon's book, oh, yeah. which is yeah. adapted from someone else. But you, literally you plotted that exact. Is that what it is? Yeah, exa that's exactly that's what it is. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think that's just, it's accepting that that's forever gonna be the story of creative projects and you're not doing it wrong if that is your experience. Yeah. And you just have to enjoy the journey and, you know, going back to what is it all for? Yeah, and I think the other part of this too is, you know, again, as we've been sharing, a big part of why we're creating the Columbus Encyclopedia is uh, an, an antithesis to social media. So it's like something that is aside from that that can help us do marketing. Mm -hmm. And we really want to test the assumption for ourselves of, are people going to share this? Are people going to care about this? Are they going to find it? You know, just putting it up on our website would not be enough, yeah. which is why we're also doing the YouTube videos because that is a discovery platform. Yep. And to me, that is an absolutely necessary evil of doing this because it's, it's not necessarily shareworthy enough and it's like groundbreakingness, it's uniqueness, it's cleverness, the fun, et cetera, just by itself. Right. So the YouTube videos are a way that like we can get some organic reach. But I think it's also helpful just, we said this before, but just to quantify that, like if we get 300 to 500 views per video, which is a total of, what did I say I think before, like 10,000 plus views over the whole course of the project, like that's a win. And 10,000 views on 26 videos might sound like a loss to a lot of people, especially people who are like full-time YouTubers, but YouTube isn't our business. Like yeah. getting views on YouTube is not our business. Getting people on our email list, giving them helpful content every single week for years is our business model. And eventually them joining Wayne because they feel like, oh, I've heard from you all enough and this is just what we've known. This is the pattern we've seen for five years now. So it's like a project for us needs to get people to our email list from something and then someone you know will eventually be the right person to buy from at a certain time in their journey for sure and so, and so i feel like that's a good thing for us to figure out and for anybody listening to this who might be thinking about a project like this it's just important to know like oh if i'm going to go on tiktok tiktok and like post for 30 days straight or whatever the goal is not to build your tiktok account to a certain number the goal is to get people to where your business actually makes movement towards making money that's what actually matters. Exactly. And so for us, I think we're really going to see how that goes with the Calm Business Quiz, if you yep. want to transition to that. Yep. So we, yeah, exactly. To Jason's point, we... That's me. That's you. Yeah, thank you. My husband. Yeah. What we didn't want to do is spend so much time focused on all this content 
and not enough time focused on what do we want people to, how do we want people to take action on this content? You know what I mean? We don't want to want people to watch the videos and then just disappear forever and never get into our ecosystem um, because, you know, what we teach, going back to the idea of marketing bridges. So we thought to ourselves, what is the marketing bridge? What is the guidepost that we can put up to say, hey, did you like this video? Like, are you in need of advice on how to run a business that is more calm? And how we define that again is, you know, predictable, profitable, and peaceful. What what are we going to have them do? So we needed to come up with a lead magnet. And what we decided was we looked, well, we had a meeting where we thought about all different ideas, right? Some more spaghetti being thrown at the wall. What problem does it solve and what package is it? Is it a free coaching session? Is it a video? Is it a checklist? Is it an ebook? I mean, a million different delivery methods. And what we ultimately came to was the the lead magnet that we've had the highest conversion in our past is doing a quiz. And the reason why you see a lot of quizzes is because they work. The reason why I feel like people don't do them more is because it's actually a deceiving amount of work that goes into them. Can I give just an anecdote that I think is very helpful? Please. Um, We have been able to, and actually I only know this as of a year ago, so it's probably more, but we can directly say that $300,000 in revenue to our business has come from people entering our email list through the quiz. Yep. So the quiz is not necessarily the thing that got them to buy, but it's the thing that got them onto our email list, which is what I was just saying a couple of minutes ago, that led to them being a customer. Yep. So any vehicle that like you have figured out that leads to a customer, however long it takes for that to happen, I think is a really good thing to know. And so for us, we know a quiz works well. Let's go ahead and repeat in a different I way. I also think a quiz is a really good fit for a business that has a little bit more of a general audience. Um, You know, we run into this issue a lot, which is Wandering Aimfully Unlimited can help pretty much anyone who is, has an online business and who has an intentional mindset. That's who we go after, but that could be a lot of different types of businesses and types of people. And I think a quiz is really helpful because it kind of puts people into buckets and Mm -hmm. then it serves up tips and helpful information based on where who they are. So it's a little bit of like, it's like part survey, part lead magnet, you know? So it's almost like you have four different uh, solutions that you're offering people. And so we came up with this idea of the calm business quiz and your calm business score really. So if you take this quiz, which you can find at, you can find on the wanderinginfully.com slash calm. It's right there at the bottom. It's right there at the bottom. Um, and you can take the quiz and it'll give you a score and it'll be basically put you into four different categories based on, you know, different questions that are going to rate the peacefulness, the predictability, and the profitability of your business. And we put that together over the course of the past week. And yeah, that that was the most important thing was let's not go, we often refer to this idea of the last five yards. Let's not go 95 yards towards the end zone of this project and then fall short of the last five yards, which matter the most, which is how are you, where are you going to direct this traffic that you're hoping to get? And that's why we decided to create the Calm Business Score yeah. quiz. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how people, as they start to take that quiz, get the results. Because we do get, not a ton, but a, a decent amount of replies. And we definitely did earlier on with the Business Bottleneck quiz, which that was, was our, our first, first quiz. quiz. Um, where people would reply and say like, oh, like, I'm an invisible innovator. Like, I kind of knew this about myself. But like, now I kind of have a phrase that like sums up like, 
who I am and like it kind of helps, right? This is why people love quizzes. Um, but I think the column is a score is going to be interesting because it's, it's a number and it is a phrase as well. Um, but I think the number is kind of interesting because someone can say like, oh, I'm a 20 out of 100 on the column business score. I need to, I've got like room to, and you probably already know that, but like just even having that like made up number that we came up with based on a bunch of criteria and stupid math, <laughs> uh, I think is going to be interesting for people and I look forward to see how they respond to it. Me too. Either way, very excited to have this project out in the world. We are excited to continue publishing the videos and the articles every day. Yeah. And we're just looking forward to when it's all complete, the final set is complete A to Z. And then, then the sky's the limit on what do we want to do from there? Like, how do we want to continue? Do we want to make it the homepage of the website? Right. Like, what do we want to do with it? Um, do we want to try to connect other places to it? But we are just glad to have done the project. And, yeah. and I'm really excited, even for our, our members, to be able to point them to individual videos and topics is really exciting too. Yeah, because it can be like, hey, do you want to go watch the coaching session on building an audience? That's two hours of your time. Or the seven-minute video totally. that just can get your juices flowing in your brain of what to do next. Totally. All right, let's move into the calm business confidential. Now, uh, you know, you're noticing a lot of like calm business things here recently. The calm business encyclopedia, yeah. the calm business confidential. So we, when we came up with the calm business confidential, it was funny because we had already named the calm business encyclopedia, and we we're like. It's going to be fun when we get to tell everybody we have the Calm Business Encyclopedia. We have the Calm Business Confidential on the podcast. So a lot of Calm Business stuff going on around here. A lot here. of brand messaging. That's what we're trying differentiator. to do. Differentiator. Wow. Differentiator is, oh. is today's video, actually, if you go to our YouTube channel. Oh, that's very exciting. That is exciting. Okay. Uh, you went first last week, so I'm going to go first. Okay, you go I first. do have a side quest that I'm going to end up going on during my Calm Business Confidential. Okay. But um, I think you'll also enjoy it. Okay. So just a reminder for those of you yet. who don't know what the Calm Business Confidential is, uh, each of us bring a business to the podcast that the other person does not know we're bringing. The only real criteria is it has to be making some money, but it needs to be making less than like a million and a half dollars a year. We just kind of pick that number so it would give us a full range of things. And then we just want there to be something really interesting about it. Like we love people who are building Squarespace template websites, but like we've all seen those, like they're not super interesting. So unless there's like a really compelling story, it's got to be something that's like fun and like, oh, wow, that's inspiring, right? Sure. So my Calm Business Confidential is one Holger Sinbeck is the creator's name. Cool. And he owns now worldofcardgames.com. <gasps> and previously, and this was where he got started, was online-solitaire.com. So online-solitaire.com. Let's talk about Holger's uh, backstory here. So he got his start in 2016 creating an online solitaire Mac app. So it was just an app for the Mac, 2016. Hold on. Okay. Yeah. You know, like the solitaire app that you have on your computer. I, I really had to go into the crevices of my mind. So when we had a Windows machine, yeah, there was solitaire. a solitaire app. Yeah, exactly. Okay, 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 we'll okay. get to that. Okay. Um, so he created a Mac app version. Got that it. You could download on your Mac uh, and you could play solitaire. That did not exist before 2016. Yeah, it may have, but again, I'll talk about oh, okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so he got it up to in the first year making $800 a month. And that wow. was just through sales. So it was a paid app. Um, but how, it was, do we know how much the app was? I don't know. I Under $10, do we think? Probably, yeah. Okay. Um, but it was just a side gig. And so he had a full-time job that he actually really liked. I think it was actually in like the sneaker industry, which cool. is kind of interesting. And he 
just kind of like let the app after it got up to like $800 a month, his business got, the full-time business got busy. And so it just kind of got stale. And after three years, it actually got kicked off the app store for bad reviews because it just got buggy. Like it just like, he didn't keep up with updates. And so as the Mac OS updates, then apps break. And so this is why building on that ecosystem is tough. In 2019, the full-time sneaker job went away. Uh, He wasn't selling sneakers. He was working for like a company that did weird stuff with it. But anyway, uh, it went away and he was like, okay, I'm back to doing my own thing. And he wasn't sure where to start. And so he was like, I, he's a developer. He's like, I'm going to build an app that scrapes the app Annie directory. Mm -hmm. So app Annie is a directory that finds all Mac apps and ranks them. And so basically he built an app that scraped the app Annie directory Mm -hmm. and built a rankings for, to show like what the most popular ones were. What's the difference between the Annie directory and his? I think there was something, I think the app Annie directory doesn't do the ranking. His app was doing the ranking. Got it. So So that's the idea. It's like, just like the yellow pages. Right. So he basically built a system that ranks based on yellow pages based on popularity. Okay. However he was doing that developers or wizards have no idea. Um, so, Another question. How do we think this is different than when you go to the app store and they have it ranked right there? Well, I don't, in 2019, I don't necessarily know that they had those rankings available. Interesting. Interesting. No, I, I think they did. Go ahead. Anyway. Um, but also, like, you don't know, like, downloads and things like that or whatever. So, sure. anyway, it doesn't really matter. Stop Do asking weird questions. <laughs> um, the app Annie directory triggered a core memory in my mind. Okay. Which was, do you know what it is? Angie's list. Store time. Yes. So in 20, do you remember this was February of 2014? That seems right. I commissioned someone to build an app called store time. Mm-hmm. It was an iPhone app. And the whole idea was it showed the hours that a business was open. Correct. Now this may sound like to you listening to this nine years later or 10 years later, uh, duh, just go on Google. Google. It's Google. there. Yeah, it wasn't there in it 2014. Wasn't there. It wasn't there. There was literally, um, like, there, were, there weren't hours on Facebook pages. There was no place It was so annoying. That you could find someone's hours. Yeah, you had to go to their website, which by by that time, mobile websites, like, nobody was no really... No one was doing. So uh, I went actually through, I was actually looking through the emails that I wrote with the developer. Um, and so we built the app. Uh, they loved the idea this as well. This is your side quest. This was my side quest. Okay. Uh, so I had this app built. Um, I didn't put any money up. The developer, we just ended up splitting it 50-50. And like, uh, if it ever sells or whatever, we're just going to be part owners. So they took on the building of it. I took on the marketing of it. And just the idea itself. So we created, I think it took them like 60 days to build the app from start to finish, maybe even less. Um, when it launched, I didn't even remember this. It got to number four mm-hmm. in the food and drinks category. Well, look at you. Isn't that fun? Uh, on the app store, uh, the, at like the last check-in that I saw, we had 3,900 total users of the app. That's a lot. I know. It's pretty, I did a pretty good job. And then I didn't even remember this. We sold the app on Flippa I definitely don't remember for three thousand dollars. You did, yeah. Congrats, congrats to us. You've sold a business um, during well, that you've sold time. Several businesses during that time. Obviously, the ideas were flowing. Um, I have another email to them. This is uh, in March of 2014. I said, "Hey, I have another idea for an app. I think it could be really big. The idea was an app where you plug in all your credit cards." And it pulls out all the recurring subscriptions yeah. and tells you which ones you could get rid of and yeah. cancels it for you. Yeah. Do you remember when I yeah. told you about this? Yeah. This did not exist at that time. And then what's the one that... Truebill. Truebill. A Y Combinator company, which yeah. for those of you who know Y Combinator is, those are smart people. Your boy, Your boy has a couple good ideas every once in a while. You have great ideas. But man. I remember we were talking about it at the time and you were like, 
do you, do you even know how you could build this? And I was like, no, no, I have no idea, but I know it's a good idea. I just don't know. And so I have, I remember looking at their, um, the emails I have with the developer and they're like, yeah, this is too big for our britches. Yeah. And then just didn't, this end up is doing the it. problem. We probably multiple times a week, usually it's always after working out. We both come back to the house and we have conversations about yeah. business ideas that we have every single week. Yeah. And we get excited. And then about 10 minutes later, we start talking about it. And we're like, we don't want to be in that business. Exactly. And that is a regular occurrence in our household. Yeah. Uh, all right. So back to Holger. So 2019, he builds this app to scrape the app any directory. Pay attention. I uh, am. After scouring the list, he decides online solitaire seems like a thing that people are still very interested in. He already had the version of the one that he built. So he was like, let me just go back to something I've already built and make it better. So he kind of like went through his, his app. He rebuilt it completely as a Mac app, but now it's 2019. So let's build it as a web app too, because it doesn't just have to be a downloadable app. Yeah. The key differentiator. So this is what Thank you were you. asking about yeah. is that Holger is a unicorn. And what does a unicorn mean in the developer world? He it can develop and design. Exactly. So Holger is a very good designer as wow. well. So his online-solitaire.com. Was beautiful. It's beautiful. Mm. I even went and looked at it now. It's still beautiful. And it doesn't look that different because it's just solitaire. But it's different enough that the people who care about a visually beautiful looking game right. care. And so he got the game back because up and Because, by the way, most of it looks terrible. those online, like... Solitaire, most, yeah, most yeah, of those like old the games. The free cells, like those types of things. So like ugly. They do, so anyway, anyway, in the first six months, uh, he worked a lot on SEO and like getting the, like he had the domain online-solitaire.com and basically worked on it. So in six months, he was making $1,500 a month in Google ads. Wow. So that's how many people were coming through the, the website. He was making $1,500 a month. So the three years after that. So, so it was free, but he was, the monetization was structure Google was Google Ads. Yep. Got it. So in three years, he didn't do much with the website. He ended up, uh, I think, just adding uh, like one other version of Solitaire to it, but like really not much else. It got up to $15,000 a month. And really what he said was, he think it was just due to the pandemic. Like more people were home, more people had time on their sense. hands. They were playing games like this. So $15,000 a month with online Solitaire which is incredible. Uh, but that's not where it ends because I told you he has two domains. In 2022, of, yeah. uh, August of 2022, Holger bought worldofcardgames.com for an undisclosed amount. My guess is that amount was $50,000. The domain? The, the site. So the site was built 10 years ago like, by a female developer. And it, it features the games Hearts, Spade, Jim Rummy, and a couple others. Wow. But here's the thing. It's very ugly. Yes. It only was making about $1,000 a month, which is why I think he sold it for 50K because that's basically like three to four years of revenue, sure. essentially. And it's probably pure profit because it doesn't take much to run. Right. Um, so what, but I think he was really smart because he has known the person who owned worldofcardgames.com for years mm -hmm. and they've always traded emails. But he basically just reached out one day and was like, hey, would you be up for selling this? And it was like the perfect timing because she was like, yeah, like I don't really want to work anywhere. We're going to have 10 years. Yeah. And so that's one of those, it's like, you don't know, you don't get what you don't ask for. Yeah. And so they agreed on the sale, went through without much effort. And what he didn't want to do is just like immediately change everything. Mm -hmm. So he's very slowly going through and fixing like all the technical debt because it's just 10 year, 10 year old things doing SEO improvements, but like leaving it visually the same. So the users don't get upset. And it was seeing 10,000 monthly visitors, the world of cardgames.com when he bought it in August. And, uh, it was making about a thousand to $2,000 a month. Since he's purchased, so since that time, 
So from August until I think this was like a month ago. Wait, has, August of last year? August of last year okay. until like a month ago when I read this article. He has got the traffic up to 70,000 monthly visitors, so Whoa. seven times, just with SEO, no paid ads, nothing. And it's making now $4,000 a month. Wow. So pretty good. He hasn't changed anything in the design, hasn't done anything else. So right now, Holger is sitting on two online card game sites that make fifteen dollars to $20,000 in revenue. They require almost literally no effort whatsoever. There's no paid ads. There's no nothing. It's just him doing it. And uh, it's really fun. I also went to his Twitter account because I was like doing research on him and his Instagram. He's now making wooden jewelry boxes. Of course he is. So he's just like a, a savant of oh making God. things. Like he just I... like makes anything he wants. Yeah. So jealous. I love stories like that because it stories like that, and I guess this is the whole reason behind Calm Business Confidential too, is just to remind people that opportunities are everywhere. Absolutely. And you know, you just got to keep your eyes out. For and them. you and I couldn't build a web app of beautifully looking <laughs> online solitaire, but we could certainly take inspiration from this and be like, well, I don't know, maybe we could try and build something, you know, maybe I, I maybe I'll build a competitor. You just wait and see. Whoa, watch out. No. Okay. That's my calm business confidential. Great. How'd you feel about it? Loved it. Yeah. It's a good one. You're doing really well with these like weird ones. Mine are just like straight up online business. Like yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. But I, but I like people with interesting stories so and, the ways that they found themselves into online business. Who you okay. got for us this week? All right. This week I have for you a gentleman by the name of K. He. Have you heard of K. He? I know of K. He. You know of I K. Do, he. Yes. Okay. I had never heard of Can K. He. Can you spell his name for everybody else? It'll be in the dis- in the description. Yeah, we'll put it in the notes. description. But um, I had heard of Rad Reads, which is yeah. his newsletter. Um, but I've not. I'm I'm not a subscriber. Haven't been on it, and. I, if Kay is like a huge person in the online business world, this he's is gonna, well, he's pretty well known these days, is, but maybe not for our audience. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And also if I didn't hear about him, then certainly there's other people who haven't heard about him. I mean, listen, we have 30 listeners of this podcast now. Half have not heard of Kay. Here. And even if you have, maybe you don't know his full backstory. And I think his backstory is what is remarkable and worth telling. Okay. So I am going to share that with you. And I do want to give credit to... Um, I found a blog post on ConvertKit's blog. Mm. And so this article was written by Issa Adney from ConvertKit. And so I want to give credit to her because she wrote the article Fantastic. and did the backstory and the research. I'm giving credit to no one on my Calm Business Confidentials. I'm just pretending I found it all. <laughs> but, okay, so I'll try to kind of go faster here because, as you can imagine, someone's story is very winding road. But uh, Kay started out um, having, you know, his what he would call his dream job on Wall Street for 14 years. Wow. 14 years on Wall Street. And I think it's a familiar story that some people find themselves kind of on that trajectory following the money only to find out that it doesn't fulfill them in any way. And I think his backstory, he said that when he turned 35 he had his first kid and that sort of like is an existential crisis I think for a lot of people um and so yeah he just realized that the money was not fixing the the holes or the the things that are missing in his life and he had only taken two weeks off in a row he had he took two weeks off twice in 14 years yeah it's incredible gee and, um, and one was my honeymoon. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that I just wrote down, what is it all for? Because you have this yeah. moment where you're just like, I'm working so hard and I'm not even able to enjoy it. And what does that even mean for my life? And you could very quickly find yourself, you know, 
blinking and another 14 years goes by. Um, and so, okay, this is where I think the story is interesting. So he, he knows that he, something is missing. He knows he doesn't want to be doing this for the rest of his life. He doesn't know what that thing is. Um, now the one thing that money can do for you that I know a lot of people will not find themselves in this position, but he's very honest about the fact that he saved up two years of full-time income. Yeah. Um, which I think the lesson there is though, like if you can't save up two years of full income, can you save up two months? Like what's that time frame where you can give yourself a little bit of a cushion to not have to have it all figured out? Yeah. Cause that's a lot of pressure, right? But so he ultimately did decide to quit his job without knowing what he was going to do. But because he had two years, he had a little bit of a cushion. <laughs> and I love that he said he took, he bought a one-way ticket to Bali with his wife and his one-year-old. And he says, so cliche, we did the family version of Eat, Pray, Love, <laughs> which I love. Um, but also he started, this is what I love. He started obviously going on this quest to find out like, okay, I don't know what I want to be doing, but I want to be in this like, sponge mode to soak up a bunch of different things and this is advice we tell people all the time if you don't know you need to test drive a bunch of different things you need to at least just like be in exploration mode right and so he started like saving all these links and sending it out to his contact list in gmail mm. so his first newsletter is an email to 36 of his friends that are bcc'd on this email and said hey i'm like here's what i've been reading lately what have what have you been reading lately that's it's technically not a newsletter but that's how it begins, right? Do you know when that was? What year that was? This is... Do, 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 do. I don't think I know when that was. Okay. But years ago. Yeah, years. Yeah. And so I also think the thing that we can take away from that is also that a lot of advice nowadays is that you have to be an expert. And I get it. We would tell people also the same thing, which is build a skill, Right. But there's also a lot of value, I think, in being the kind of field notes version instead of the expert version. This is what we still do to this day. It's like, yes, we I would consider us like expert level in some aspects of running an online business. But in general, we like to just be a little bit being the guinea pigs, putting ourselves yeah. out there and then kind of reporting back from the field. I think, I think being a tastemaker, like this has been talked about a lot before, but like there's a ton of value in the tastemakers of the world. So the people right. who are consuming the things and then like relaying back to the rest of us hey, this is something fun you should check out. It's because like a lot of us don't have time to go find all those things. Yep. And so he keeps, people decided that, you know, even his like close friends, they really liked the links. And so eventually he does figure out how to like make that into like a more formal newsletter, right? Um, but he still has no idea how he's going to monetize this business. Um, a former manager of his from Wall Street is on that list uh, because of course they wanted to keep up with like, what, what is he doing, you know? Yeah. And he said, hey, can you, he was writing about a lot of these existential questions about being connected to your purpose and your career and all of that. And he said, hey, can you come and just coach our small team on coaching them through some of these things? And so that another lesson from his story is, you know, what are people asking you for, right? Like, I know that doesn't always happen for some people of like, hey, let me pay you money. But the way that you create those opportunities is by showing up. And so if he's not writing regularly, no one's going to raise their hand and say, hey, you seem to like really have a knack for this. Can you come and let me pay you? And so that is what I think consistency does is that it creates opportunity. And that's what I wrote down here. I said the lesson from there is that action creates opportunities. Sometimes we want to think our way to a business model, but at times you have to act your way to it instead. You have to do things without exactly knowing where it will lead and just knowing that if you put yourself out there more, you're going to create opportunities that didn't exist, right? And 
I wrote down here, one of the things that stood out to me from the article was for five years, Kay didn't sell anything to his email list. Yeah. Um, which is wild. And I, I know that that's not always the no, situation. I mean, it definitely wouldn't be our choice because also part of what we love yeah. about the puzzle of business is selling things. Totally. Yeah. But it's also, I think what I take away from that also is especially if you're someone who does have a full-time job and you want to get to that freedom of running your own business one day, can you start imperfectly? Can you start now? Can you start putting yourself out there now, creating some type of newsletter or some type of value in a way that's accessible? Uh, because you're always going to wish that you had gone back and started yeah. earlier, you know? And so in case you were curious now, these days, you know, he eventually he did make a notion course, which was, um, kind of his more foray into the digital product world. And his first launch made $10,000. His second launch made $15,000. And his third launch made $25,000. And I just think there's a lesson there in not quitting and just yeah. getting better over time and honing your message, honing your marketing. And, you know, these aren't numbers that are unattainable for people. And there's still a really beautiful life to be had with $10,000 product launches. Um, the whole point of this column is this confidential right here. Which is the whole point. And so if you're curious, I think how his revenue breaks down these days is 40% ends up still being from like coaching and consulting gigs, um, which I think is still through, I don't know, maybe word of mouth. Like he doesn't actively market it, but people ask. Um, 34% is course sales of the Notion course. 16% is Patreon. 7% is speaking. 3% 3% sponsors and affiliates. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So, and then to end on it. Oh, I did love that his, um, I, I thought this was a good bit of brand messaging, but his, on his website, it says your bucket list matters more than your to-do list. We help ambitious professionals connect the pursuit of productivity to life's larger questions. And I always love when I see people who have figured out a way to concisely kind of take something that's nebulous and talk about their differentiator in it. So he took his own personal journey exactly. of leaving Wall Street and being a high, high performing, high productive person who was still feeling like lost with life's bigger questions. And now he knows that that's a need and he's using that to connect with other people. Um, and then just to end, he wrote like his definition of success at the bottom of the article, which I love because we tell people this all the time, like success is defined by you, not by anyone else. So I encourage anyone listening to this to take five minutes and write down what does success look like for you so for him it says the ability to be present and give my best energy to the people I love to only spend time with people who inspire me and bring me energy to use my creative gifts every single day to never feel rushed loved that one the ability to control my own schedule and the, the ability to surf every day nice like that's a life well lived fantastic also one thing you did not mention in your story of Kehi, fantastic ab everyday abs I didn't see his abs. You didn't see his abs? That's a missed opportunity. Oh my gosh, Caroline and everybody listening to this. Jason, I mean, that... it's not about the abs. Okay? No, no, I know. That's why I said at the end. It's not at the beginning. But like, K is one of those rare few everyday abs. Well, yeah. congratulations. That's what happens when you surf though, you know? You live that Bali life. Like, you kind of have to. It's like a rite of passage. You get there, they give you an acai bowl, a surfboard, and then you get abs. That's like, that's Bali in a nutshell. And you have an online business, but you brought that with you. <laughs> uh, all right, that's it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. 